I'm Rebecca Garrett-Pace. I'm Mitchell Boone, and you're listening to The Day After Sunday. A brief but nerdy conversation about yesterday's worship at White Rock United Methodist Church. We talk about what caught our attention, stories we forgot to tell, and ways that we saw the Holy Spirit moving among us. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, Mitchell. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. They are uh, putting new uh, floors in our office, so... I'm yeah, they're moving ex- quick. They're moving real quick. We we got here at nine and the carpet was there, and then we came down here to record this at nine thirty, and the carpet was not there. It's awesome. Yeah, it's gonna look really beautiful. Yeah, I could talk about office flooring all day though. Probably best that we shift gears right into worship. So, if you were not able to join us yesterday, um, we invite you to check out our Facebook Live feed to see what we uh, talked about, what we sang, what Mitchell preached about, or you can check out just his sermon on this podcast channel. We started a brand new worship series uh, yesterday entitled Shiny Gods. It will serve as our annual giving campaign, our stewardship season for the next three weeks. And I think it's um, it's a heavy topic. Yeah, I mean, I really, we dove right in. Like, we didn't yeah, waste any time on We the literally didn't waste any time talking about idols. Like, uh, it was announcements. First him. First him. And then we dove into it in the call to worship. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you hit it so well in the call to worship um, because it, it kind of, like, captured where we are headed really, really early. And I think it got people really thinking, right? Right. And I guess that's what a good call to worship does. Yeah, I mean, I think um, sometimes when we have these more challenging series, uh, it's a challenge for me to write them because I almost always write them from scratch. Sometimes I'll pull um, inspiration from an Iona book of worship or from a poem or something. But this one I was really writing um, from what I knew I needed to hear. And like you said in your sermon, from what I know of our community um, that we needed to hear. So right right away, um, without using the language of idols, we really talked about – you know, what, I mean, what were the, some of the things we talked about in the call? Well, uh, here are here are, here's an example uh, in the call. When it's far more enticing to stay at work, where at least we feel successful, than to leave work late um, or leave work and take our turn caring for sick kids or difficult parents, we're called to show up. Um, yeah. So I that think, idol of work, I think. That is, idol of work, That's right? been really speaking to me recently. I don't totally, know about you. Totally. Yeah. When it's way less complicated just to give into the culture that says our kids have to be on every select sports team in every academic league, we're called to show up. When it feels easier to sleep in or grab brunch than spend our Saturday volunteering, we're called to show up. Yeah. And I mean, I think, um, so a call to worship, if you want to get, if you want to do a little bit of a, a deep dive into what it means liturgically, is literally, it is a call from the leaders to the gathered people um, mm-hmm. that marks the space. And so it's a it's a person-to-person interaction. And it, right. I think it's best when it is the most like a conversation. And right. so this repetitive, you know, we're called to show up when this happens in our lives and get really um, specific, right? right? I think the very generalized platitudes don't do us any good, regardless of our worship series. Even if it's a, a joyful, you know, post-Easter worship series, I think still being specific about what we're thankful for or how we're praising God is going to give us the best connection to the worship hour. Specificity is always important, right? I think it's one of the things that's most important, whether we're in a call to worship where we're talking uh, to one another or in our pastoral prayer or prayers of the people when we are talking to God, 
Um, I think the more specific we are, the better uh, our liturgy is because it grounds us in like something we can actually relate to. Right. You know, so so when we talk about, you know, um, God blessing or being with uh, the woman who works three jobs to provide for her two kids. Right. Like, I think we can get there a lot easier than saying like, God, bring about world peace. Right. 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 Yeah, so being very specific, and that's why I love this call for Sunday because it is very specific, and I think it's convicting because the specificity is a mirror to our own congregation, right? It is. And to to the staff. It's not like the staff saying, hey, congregation, you have to do better. It's really saying like, hey, Hey, we got to do better because these are the things that we struggle with. It is, And, um, and I think you brought that out in your sermon as well, just kind of the next step. Which again, you know, we we talk very in depth uh, every week about what we're going to cover on Sunday morning. So it's not like we're going in, right. you know, um, unaware. But yet, I'm always amazed by the way the Holy Spirit moves because um, we don't write the call to worship together. You know, we don't write the prayers together, and yet we still. <laughs> no, hear I wrote these, my sermon separate from right. From, yeah, but from we still else. hear these very yeah. direct echoes. I just think that's beautiful. I think that's you know that you specifically named. You know, it's a temptation to stay at work. Work, to want to grab your phone and right. and send all those emails instead of you know spending time with with cash. That was such a moving story that you told. Right. Yeah, it was a it was a really. <laughs> I just remember sitting on the couch being like, "Damn, yeah!" Like cash just uh, totally rocked my world yeah. right there. He and just it, taught you a very important lesson. <laughs> very important lesson, sure. which I hope I I learned, but I can already feel myself being pulled back into the – right? It's Monday, right. right? I can feel myself being, like, brought back into the grind of work. Um, yeah. yeah, work as an idol is, I think, a really hard one for us. Um, but we also talked about a whole host of other idols, mm-hmm. like sports for me, like Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, uh, it was a bad game on Sunday. But um, I think sports for us is a, – a, it's a release, right? It like – it gives us the space to kind of decompress and we can get so addicted to like just losing ourselves and like sure. sports or leisure activities that yeah. like all of a sudden, like that's what we're chasing yeah. on the weekends or like once we're done with our nine to five, like we're chasing, like vegging out and chilling. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and for me particularly sports ball is not, you know, one of my idols, but uh, <laughs> no Cowboys is football, right? Just kidding. I know Cowboys is football. Do you know, um, uh, the Rangers. Rangers is baseball. The Stars. Hockey. The Mavericks. Basketball. You're a Dallas DFW sports fan, All Rebecca. Right. Really Woo. proud of you. Thank you. I I uh, actually did not study for that, so was, that was real knowledge. <laughs> she was just googling under the table. <laughs> Those pauses were very quick thumbs in action, <laughs> looking it up. Um, no, but I think you're right. I mean, and we talked about this um, in our staff meeting. The the idol of money is the easiest to look at, but it's certainly not the only really powerful right. pull that we have in our lives. Right, yeah. No, it's um, it can be even our family. Yeah. It can um, obviously be our work. It can be um, security. Right. It can be just a little bit of a bigger home. It can be just a little bit nicer car. 
it can be really anything that takes priority, right? And this is how we defined idol was like anything that takes the primary focus of my energy, my passion, right? My right. time, my money, which first belongs to God. Yeah. And I think it can be uh, metaphysical too, you know? So I went home and I right. talked with um, Jeff about this and he was interested because he, he didn't attend um, White Rock. He attended his church. You can watch he it online me, that, yeah, on our Facebook page. Or check out the sermon on this podcast channel. Um, no, but we were talking. He said, yeah, you know, I heard that Mitchell was talking about idols. I watched his intro video on Facebook. Um, so what were you all talking about? And I told him that my mind went right to the literal things that get in my right. way. And his mind went right to metaphysical things. Like right. he feels like maybe, you know, uh, and I think this is true for a lot of us. What if an idol is our own alone time or like our own schedule, being able to um, to control how we spend our time, you know, and that kind of metaphysical um, things like that? Well, I think it goes back to um, so this series is kind of based off of Mike Slaughter's book, uh, Shiny Gods with the same name. Uh, we're taking a little different of an approach, but it, but it's similar. Um, he tells a story in his book about uh, a guy who's gone off to college. He's graduated, right? And he comes home and he says to to Reverend Slaughter, um, "I've got a great job. I'm starting in three months. I'm getting in. I'm getting married in eight months, and we're moving to this very specific city. Uh, how do I know what God's will is for my life?" And <laughs> Reverend Slaughter was like, it sounds like what you really want is God to bless your will for your life, mm, right? Yeah. And I think we can get to a place where um, where we create our schedule, our um, how our life is going to look, and then we try to fit God into whatever right. we've created. So right. from the daily, I need my alone time, I need a very set schedule, uh, I need it to look like this, to the way we plan out our life so far in advance that like there is no ability for the Holy Spirit to actually be at work in our life because mm -hmm. we're so dead set on having it this way. Yeah. No, I think that's right. I think that that's a challenge for, for a lot of us too, where we can get to a place where we're really um, over planning and over functioning and not allowing God to be kind of at the center of our days and calendars. Yeah. 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 Something um, you said in your sermon I, I don't have these very often, um, but sometimes you say a phrase and I just say, oh man, I wish that I had programmed a different like last hymn or a different hymn. Uh, yesterday, I don't know if you even realized this, but you directly quoted um, some of the lyrics of Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing when you said we're prone to wander. Yes. And I was like, oh man, I want to just like call an audible and sing that uh, at the end of the service, but I didn't because I knew it would stress out our... Uh, our slide and sound people. I, I love them very much. I don't want to do that. I love pulling audibles though. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Why totally. do you feel like you do? I don't know. It just feels a little more authentic, like a little less rehearsed, mm. a little more like, hey, uh, we're going to totally shift gears. Yeah. Um, no, I did not reference that. I mean, I'm sure that that hymn had an impact on me. And yeah. I'm sure that like the reason I use that phrase was because uh, it's one of my favorite hymns, but yeah, no, I was not thinking of that hymn when I used that phrase, we're prone to wandering. Yeah. But we are. But we are. Absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought the worship series um, got off to a really good start. I'm, I am concerned because uh, I think stewardship and talking about money is really, really challenging. I am concerned about how we kind of move from this really global understanding of icon um, or idols, not icons, idols and um, – 
and kind of the carved images that we uh, have in our lives to getting very specific about money. Um, Because ultimately, I think uh, so much of the idol worship in our lives is funded and is driven by Mm, money. It's driven by power. So I'm 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 curious how we're going to kind of um, thread that needle as we kind of get very very specific over the course of the next two right. weeks. Uh, but ultimately, I think it's a it's an important theme that we should really talk about probably more often than once a year, especially around idolatry, because yeah. I think it's so prevalent in our culture. Yeah, I do too. And actually, that made me think, um, you know, we had our Enneagram workshop on Saturday. And I've Shout read out this. to Christopher White. Yeah, awesome job. Um, I've read this before, but we brought it up as well in that workshop, and it just kind of brought it back to mind that... Um, the, the Enneagram three, the um, the achiever, I think uh-huh. is what it's called. Yes. We're a very, as a culture, we're a very three driven culture. So that makes it even more difficult to, I think, escape the idols that are um, not only acceptable, but like blessed by the culture. Yeah. Suzanne um, Stabil says we're a three uh, nation um, and we're, and for us who live in Dallas, we live in a three state, in, in a, a three, three city. city. Yeah. And so like. Uh, we have the ability, I think, to really get captivated mm-hmm. by all the shiny gods that are around us. Yeah. Um, and because I'm a four with a three wing, I really have to watch myself. Sure. Like, like I literally had to have a conversation with myself when I went into the Apple store. I did not know which phone I was going to get. Yeah. Now I did need a new phone. Did right. I need an Apple? Yeah. Did I need an had, iPhone. Like, yours had stopped. Mine had stopped charging, and yeah. I couldn't live. <laughs> not knowing whether or not my phone had charged overnight. It was just too stressful. Now, I didn't need an iPhone. I guess I could have gone and gotten a free Samsung at yeah. Sprint, but you no one's going to sign school. up for Sprint. You could have gotten like a, a flip phone, man. I could have done that. I could have. People probably would be disappointed in my email response time. But <laughs> but I didn't know if I was going to get the iPhone 11 or I was going to get the Pro, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I really wanted the Pro. Sure. It had three cameras. Oh, my goodness. Do I need three cameras? I don't know. Yeah. But I didn't get the pro, right? Yeah. And I think that I need people around me that are going to um, help craft a different narrative than the one I tell myself. Right. um, And I think it is in those small decisions, right? Maybe it can be. It starts there at least. It does. Yeah. I mean, this, a series like this could be overwhelming, um, but in the small decisions, we kind of, we help support each other as we make better and better and more Christ-like decisions. Absolutely. So it's going to be a challenging series for me to preach, I think it's going to be a challenging series for you to write liturgy for, yeah. and it will be a challenging series for our congregation, but one that I'm really excited about. Yeah. All right. Good work, Rebecca. All right. We'll see you all next week. You're listening to a podcast recorded at White Rock United Methodist Church in the heart of East Dallas. For more information, you can find us at wrumc.org. And make sure you stay subscribed to this channel to stay up to date with all of our content.